Lace him up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEI.com's DJ Bean. Hour two of Sunday Skate. Where my street street people at? I'll tell you where they're at. They're all in this live chat. I'm proud of listeners, of the chat, of everything. Because looking in it, this is some good content. Some good questions being asked. Pete, man in the chat. Pretty awesome. WEI.com, you can head in there. Or you can call in at 617-779-7937. So far, we've talked last night's Bruins game. We've talked a little Louis Erickson. We've talked a little Brad Marchand. But we're willing to talk anything and everything. Right now, we're going to talk to our favorite caller, Maria in Watertown. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Outstanding. Hey, listen, Joey. Yes. Two hot takes in a row, my friend. Last week, you dropped the bomb about Marchand not uh, returning as a Bruin. And Tyler Sagan not winning a Stanley Cup, which I agree with you, my friend. Um, I think he's one of those guys you can lump in with uh, Joe Thornton and uh, Phil Kessel. All the talent in the world, but just not going to ever get to that uh, promised land. Um, Here here are my uh, facts um, that, um, as I know them with regard to the Bruins, this team is flawed. They are, are... They did what they needed to do last night to take advantage of a team that has absolutely no clue how to play any defense at all. I I don't know how this team is going to do the stars in the playoffs because they just don't play defense. Um, And I think at some point they're going to get waxed in the playoffs. They would play St. Louis in the first round. So that that would probably, I don't know. They could beat St. Louis. Yeah. It all depends on if Elliott was on top of his game. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Maria. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'm just a caller. You guys are the stars of the show. Um, so it, regarding uh, Louis Erickson, you know, his, his, the way he's playing, his price tag appears to be going up with each, um, with each passing game. And I, I do like Louis as a player. I think he brings a lot to the table. I just don't think that you're going to be able to keep him as part of this team with what you need to do for the future, i.e., um, locking up Brad Marchand and giving him whatever it takes to keep that kid um, on this team. And so I guess my question to you guys is, um, and I'm glad I'm not the GM of the Bruins, what, what do you do? Do you, do you try to make a deal for him right now and get something and try to, quote-unquote, start a soft rebuild, which I would be in favor of? Oh, no, that, 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 that's no soft rebuild for me. I think that the soft rebuild is keeping Erickson. And continuing to turn over the blue line the way you have right now, I think that once you get rid of Erickson, it's it's suck time, and not suck time as in you you're guaranteed to miss the playoffs all the time. Okay, Joseph, what? <laughs> you're making a face when I said suck. no. The tea I'm drinking is not very good. Huh? So yeah, it's funny tea. Um, um I, I think. Okay, but DJ, what what? All right, I guess my question then, if 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 you were GM and you were going to move someday, what someday? Wouldn't you would obviously expect to get a similar type player in return? Because, as you guys have said, you know the Eastern Conference um, stinks. Yes, it stinks. 
And so I think that the Bruins are going to try to have their cake and eat it too. I think even if you move Louie and you get a somewhat comparable piece back along with some help um, on the back end, I think you can still make the playoffs, appease your fan base, and say, okay, well, listen, look, we still made the playoffs. We know we've got things to do to make this team better. And here's we've started along that road. And, and another question I'd like to ask you guys is, why is Colin Miller down in Providence? The uh, quick answer to that, and I, a lot of people have asked it, uh, it's just he's the only one with, uh, that can go down to Providence without requiring waivers. They have okay. eight defensemen. When McQuaid came back, he was the one that had to go down. I'm sure that if if Trotman or Morrow could have gone down, they probably would have considered those guys as well. But neither of those guys can go down without being waived. And quite frankly, they didn't think it's worth it to, to lose a player. They thought it was, okay. yeah. So, you know, again, you know, great that they won last night. But, you know, again, there are some, there are some big, big holes still on this team. Um, and, you know, were it not for the fact that Brad Marchand is, is like, playing like he's having an out-of-body experience, I think they'd be in a far worse position than they are right now. I mean, it's great they're, you know, in second place, again, you know, again, in a, in a, in a conference that's very flawed. But I shudder to think um, how poorly this offense would be functioning right now if, if Marchand wasn't having like you know a, a you know dare I say a Bruins MVP type season. Well, I was going to I was going to ask you that because you were talking about what Marshan was doing. So you would consider Marshan the MVP of this team. I think a lot of people would. For me, yeah. I look at Marshan and I look at Tuka. Those are the two guys and Krejci with how great he was early in the season and, and Bergeron Louis. and yeah, and oh, having a Fantastic season. There are a bit so I mean the the, the straws that stir the drink this season pretty much have been Erickson, Marchand, uh Bergeron goes without saying. Krejci has been hurt, but for me I, I keep going back to don't forget Tuca. Don't forget what this defense looks like and has looked like in front of him and how really they've been able to hang with a lot of teams that would otherwise blow them out if it weren't for the goalie. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know if it's your show or a couple of other shows that I listen to, but, you know, there's one caller who is constantly on the, you got to get rid of Tuca, you got to get rid of Tuca. And, and I don't know what they're watching. I, I don't know what they're watching because if you think Gustafson is your oh. answer, you're you're all crazy, Maria. I've thrown up. Crazy. You made me throw up. There are a surprisingly high number of people who still yeah. are somehow not sold on Tuka Rask yet. I, I don't. Which understand. is which? They're sold on Gustafson. Like I don't want this to get into a let's let's talk about the uh, the credentials of a backup goalie because then that can be mean because you're talking about somebody who's not a particularly great player. I don't think Gustafson's. Very good. Um, he is exactly no. what the Bruins need him to be this season. Good enough. Right, right. They good need enough. just to spell Tuca yeah. enough to give yeah. him a rest here and there, to keep him fresh so he doesn't play 70 games. He is doing exactly what the Bruins needed him to do. This, Certainly this better season. than what they had oh, behind yeah. him last yes. year. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's, he's serviceable. His rebound control is horrendous. Ugh. Horrendous, which is like, is that what you guys? I mean, to the to the Tuca Very haters, shaky to watch. what you want to watch for – 60-plus games during the season. I mean, the, the defense is hard enough to watch. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack every time I watch 
them in their own end some nights. No, I mean, you're, you're crazy. So, you know, the, the core of your team, Tuca, Bergeron, and I really think you have to put Marchand in there. And I would keep Erickson as the core of my team, what I don't want to see anymore, and maybe I'm unrealistic. I don't want to see any more six- or seven-year deals with you know, humongous no-trade clauses. Well, Maria, so, uh, and thanks for the, the call as always. Uh, the the no-trade clause, that's an NHL thing. That's not a Bruins thing. That's an NHL thing. When you get, when you sign a contract, if you're a good player who has uh, rights to be a UFA, so once you're of the age and have the experience to become a UFA, you can get no-trade rights in your contract. And if you're even an okay player, you get them. Matt Bolesky has one, and I know that's an example of the Bruins, but look across the league. Everybody gets no trade clauses. That that became kind of a, I don't want to say a myth, but a, a massive overstatement that got attached to the Bruins when they were re-signing their players and said, oh, you gave them a no trade clause. Well, they would have gotten a no trade clause anywhere. And that's because of the, not the society issue when it comes to uh, hockey players, but hockey players... There is no way if you go to, uh, well, maybe Joe Thornton's the one you know exception here, but I'm willing to bet if you go to the majority of players that have a complete no-movement clause yeah. and say, look, for the betterment of the team, we need to move you to this team because this is what we want to do in the future. I'm willing to bet probably 90% of those players with full no-trade clause or any kind of limited no-trade would waive that because – they don't want to be that guy in the room that everybody knows, oh, no, we were trying to make, you know, the GM and, the, and ownership's trying to make this team better, and this guy's, you know, refusing to do that. That happens in other sports. That would not happen in hockey, at least for the majority of the of the examples. I don't think that would be the case. Yeah, and on Erickson. And, uh, that's why, and that's why teams are willing to give out so many of these because they know when it comes down to it that most of the time that player would agree to waive that no trade. That's why there's so many of them. And I know that uh, that Maria was concerned that maybe they would give Erickson a six or seven year deal. They're not going to give Erickson a six or seven year deal. I also don't think that if you trade Louis, I highly doubt you're getting a yeah, player oh, back. You, you are not getting a comparable player. Yeah. You're getting a much worse player. You're getting a player with some sort of um, I don't want to say flaw, but some sort of condition. Which Louis's condition is he's about to become a UFA. So his he's a great player, but his um, his worth, I guess, right now to a team is diminished because they don't have him under contract. So uh, I would sign Louis Erickson. I said this earlier in the show. If you were still snoozing, then I forgive you. I would sign him for high dollars, low years. I think that's what the Bruins want to do. Um, so something like, all right, Louis, I'll give you $6.5 million a year. I'll give you $6.75 million a year. But you're not getting more than three years. He won't do it. Would Erickson do that? Nope. Probably right now at this point, I would guess no. Because maybe if he would, maybe they would have agreed by now. If All right. Just to go back to a point that you just made before that, though, DJ. You had mentioned that there's no way. If you were, if you were to trade Louis Erickson, that there's no way that you would get a player in return that would match his ability right, right. now. Right. Okay? Why not? Why can't? Don Sweeney make an actual hockey trade and move Louis Erickson for a top line defender. I know there's not a lot out there right now, but even if it if it means taking on what 
you would give Louie, and Louie wouldn't accept. So if so, you're so like that a guy so with that contract, term, yeah, that that you're willing to go to with yeah. Louie, yeah, okay. Why not go out and get a guy like that, a defenseman, to say, all right, we're going to make a hockey trade, and this is what we're going to do. I think it's possible. I think it's absolutely possible to go out. So you think and get like a, a player, a contending team that that needs offense, that needs offense, a two-way has, player, and has depth on D that can have that has the ability again in general. Do you have anyone in mind? At, no. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I'll think about it. Yeah. You know, but I just right off the top of my head, I was just thinking like, yeah, it's absolutely possible to make that type of hockey trade. Yeah. If you're willing to give Louis that type of contract that you're talking about. Then if he doesn't accept, because in my mind I don't think he would, why not go out and get a guy who's under contract for the next two to three years? That's a defenseman that is in that range of your talking. That could help the Bruins this season and beyond. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can also jump in uh, to the live chat. We see you lined up there, Skeeter, Patty, Roger, Doug. Uh, we'll continue with your calls and more Bruins talk next on Sunday Skate. So it's it's a great uh, great win. So it's it's a great uh, great win. Good sign that you can regroup after a first period like that, and you know, getting you know we made some mistakes, but also had some kind of unlucky bounces there, tough goals, you know. So we worked back at it and, and got the got the goals and got the rewards. So it's it's a great uh, great win. Sunday skate. On WEEI, this show is too lit, too real right now. So good. Uh, Texter raises an interesting point. Does DJ realize the names on the call screen are all the characters from the Nickelodeon show Doug? That is a dink and a half. I was trying to get through the word dink without laughing, but I haven't said that word in a thousand years. Green slime coming down on you. Yes, I just got slimed. <laughs> By the way, remember that show Figure It Out with Summer Sanders? No. Oh, I do. Such a babe. Unbelievable show. Such a babe. Uh, wow. I'm yeah. Nice. Young Deej loved watching Figure It Out. It was like my dream to be on Figure It Out as a kid. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they had the like celeb, celeb, <laughs> <laughs> doing doing the air quotes. Um, they would have the celeb like judges or guests. Who, I don't even know. I forget how that show even worked. They just sat around and it was like. It was kind of like Wheel of Fortune, and then they just poured slime on you. Yeah, like right? they, yeah. Well, they would bring in like a hashtag celeb guest <laughs> who had like a special talent, and oh, you'd have to guess what their talent was. Right, that's and then like, they perform the talent if you at the end of the show. That's like uh, shouts to my dude uh, Chris Duffy. I don't know if you guys are aware of the the comedy show. It's called um, You're the Expert, and it's actually kind of like figure it out. He'll have some sort of doctor or something on his show and he'll just say what that person's job is and he has three comedians and he's inter- he interviews this guy for like a half hour and the three comedians are trying to figure out what the guy's job is and it's like the funniest thing in the world so if you're ever in the shows in boston and new york if you're ever in boston or in new york check out you're the expert i'll tweet about it or something uh it's pretty lit um so yeah we do have some people who happen to have similar names to uh TV show characters who call in, but that's it's names. That's how, like, there's like we have someone we're gonna put put on someone who also has the same name as a beetle. So whatever, John in New Hampshire. How are you, John? Hi. Uh, 
about Louis Erickson, he's one of the four Bruins that can put the puck in the net, and he's vital to the team. Unfortunately, he's too old to give a long contract to. If he had accepted a shorter deal, he'd be a Bruin now. So my question to you is, would you trade him right now for Johnny Boychuk? And also, and or Dougie Hamilton. Of course you would, because the problem with the Bruins is aging defensemen. I mean, I love Zdeno Chara, loves what he brings. You know what Johnny Boychuk is, right? Yeah, Johnny Boychuk is an aging defenseman with a with a massive hot, contract. Yeah, well, I forget what his cap hit is, but his seven, yeah, seven point five, really, right? something like that. Seven, yeah, how, he, much, his, how much is his cap hit? It's it's high, which deservedly so. But it's not, it's not. It's not like what they would would have gone. He's not as old as Louis Erickson. Johnny Boychuk. Yeah, he's older than Louis Erickson. He is older than Louis Erickson. So Johnny Boychuk's. All right. So his cap hit right now is six. So he's making seven point five this season with a cap hit of six. So that's not. That's not. That's not bad for Boychuk. No. Um, that's a lot of money. But Boychuk's got to be what? 30, 32. 32 years old. Yeah, Erickson's thirty years old. Yeah, I I didn't realize Boychuk was thirty two. But but anyway. Yeah, he uh he had like a ton of time. He had a, a long time seasoning in the minors and kind of being a healthy scratch for a while before he really broke his way into the the, the guy he is now. But I mean, you're gonna need more than one defenseman. People say, well, we need a puck moving defenseman. Unfortunately, you need any kind of defenseman. <laughs> Right, a you puck, actually a you puck, actually, a puck stopping. Defenseman. Right, yeah, yeah, you kind of already have a lot of puck moving defensemen. Yeah. You already have Tory Krug and Colin Miller and Joe Morrow. You, you don't really need any more of those guys. That's what people are like. What about Keith Yandel in the off season? Hard no. pass. No, but I mean, what's Yandel done? He's been around. I mean, he's 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 a likable guy, but he's he's definitely a great Yandel. player. But yeah, like, offensively, mean, doesn't they, fit the Bruins. I don't know what the no. problem was where they messed up when Hamilton had to go. And if you if you let Louis Erickson go, which you, you pretty much have to do, you're just gonna you're gonna hurt the team. And the only thing you're gonna get for uh, Louis Erickson is probably high draft picks of any value. And and the, the problem is the Bruins' draft for the past five or six years outside of Sagan it, it has been terrible. Well, no, been the saying. last two years they've they've drafted well. well Pasternak was a good pick. Um, well, they did well I, in the I, second I, round I, this past year. Not so great in the first, but. Um, yeah. Well, what I've been saying is that if you're going to trade Louis Erickson for a draft pick and you intend on keeping that draft pick, oh, then no. then Stop. you have to you have to trade other guys. You have to explore trading Chara and, yes, and other guys. Yes, I agree. Thanks for the and go ahead, John. Sorry. Uh, well, the last thing I say is you, you can't keep these guys too long. Like, like they've kept Seidenberg and Chara so long that their value's gone. They're, they're untradeable unless you package them with. Well, they might they they. Let's let's correct the record on this. And thanks for the call, John. They made the right decision to keep. Yeah, Chara. it's like like yeah. you, you want to keep those guys at the height of their career, especially right. when the, they re-signed Chara before the year they won the cup, and they got the best defenseman in the NHL for a while. And he is not the best defenseman in the NHL right now. He's in the top twenty, twenty-five somewhere in there, but he's not what he once was. I'm not saying that Chara is the player that he once was. So please, but like. Keeping Chara and signing Chara was smart. That was a, a, a really, really, really good move. And uh, signing Seidenberg was, was no, it wasn't. yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. That was, I'm glad they should be glad they have Seidenberg right now for what they're doing. But he has two more years on the deal after this. I would have. I would. I liked signing Seidenberg because they knew Boychuk was going to cost more, so they can't afford to lose both 
Boychuk and Seidenberg, Three. so they sign one, but... The money that they the, saved on Boychuk, that they were supposed to save on Boychuk, yeah. was supposed to go to Dougie. Yes. That was the plan. Right. And that fell apart. Yes. That's the only reason why Peter Shirelli made that deal, is because he said, look, would do I want an aging Johnny Boychuk, who plays his butt off every single game, right. and who knows what his body's going to feel like in a, in a year or two, season or two, or do I take this money and give it to a 21, 22-year-old defenseman who's going to be a future number one guy. And that's the reason why they traded Johnny Boyd. So in hindsight, though, if you knew that all this was happening, going into uh, Seidenberg's contract year, they signed him at the start of his contract year. In hindsight, if you knew that all this was going to happen, what do you do? Before Seidenberg's contract year, you would trade Seidenberg, have all that money, to know that you can now afford to put more money towards signing Boychuk, and that's not totally ideal because you'd have Boychuk on a big contract now, but at least you'd have one of those guys, and right now, Boychuk is better than Seidenberg. He's going to be signed much deeper into his 30s than Seidenberg is, so there's more risk associated, if you want to say that, they with the g- back end of, of uh, Boychuk's contract, but you'd at least have the better player. But they would have paid more money. Right, but they would have it, though, because Hamilton was going to shoot his way out of town and nope, do whatever but he did. See, here's the difference. If Peter Shirelli, and obviously hindsight, but if Peter Shirelli was still the general manager of the Boston Bruins, Dougie Hamilton would still be playing for the Bruins. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> so that completely changes you know, that argument, but it's really not an argument because yeah. he's not the GM of the Bruins and Don Sweeney is. But <clears throat> Peter Shirelli's here, Dougie Hamilton is still here, and then the money that they saved by not signing Boychuk then that would eventually go to Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. And we're not talking about the Bruins need to go out and get. I mean, think about if Dougie Hamilton is in the mix right now, how completely different that blue line is. Yes. Then you you can build pairs. You have two guys around whom you can build pairs, which you can argue that you already have two of those guys in uh, Chara and Krug, but Krug for – as much as I mean, he's been used it as a top four defenseman a lot this season, and uh, he, we, we've talked to him a million times. He wants to be a reliable go-to top four guy. He's best served, or I should say, a team is a lot better if Tory Krug is on their third pairing. If you have good enough defensemen to put ahead of Tory Krug, then you're better team, obviously. And if you have Hamilton, then maybe right now you're not even using the Chara-Hamilton pairing. You're using Chara-Seidenberg or Chara-McQuaid, and the second pairing is built around Dougie Hamilton, and then the third pairing's built around Tory Krug. And then, you know, maybe maybe now you're in business. And then, if getting back to the whole Seidenberg part of it, is if you have that mix that you just talk, talked about, and as Seidenberg gets older and he still has a couple of years left on his contract— now, if he becomes a third-pairing guy, that's not a bad guy right. to have no, on the third to, pairing. Yes, nothing to and, sneeze and at. And especially for the, the amount of money that they were spending or they are spending on him as a third-pair guy, if that ever came to fruition, and it still might. That's a pretty good guy to have on the third pair. Uh, the caller brought up what you would get for Louis Erickson, and Pete, uh, you made a really good point, which is like you're – I think – no, he made it. Sorry, Pete, you didn't do anything. The, the, uh, but you were you answered him. Uh they maybe just be looking at high draft picks or something. I wrote during the week that of all the options that the Bruins have, and look, they're in second place. They can buy if they want because 
the conference is so bad, they can sell and claim they're doing it in the interest of the team long term, or they can stand pat. Uh, what I would try to do is something like what they did last year with Brett Conley. Find a young player who you can say, they can help us somewhat this season, but really this is about adding a piece for the future. And obviously Conley hasn't worked out uh, that great so far. I still bring Conley back because he's cheap and can play in the top six. But uh, anyway, I try to make a deal like that. I spend a lot of picks, some good um, draft pick capital on a young player. Jacob Truba is the example that I gave. I call up Winnipeg. They just gave Bufflin that huge deal. They can afford to sign Truba, and I'm sure they will, but he's going to be an RFA at the end of the year. Uh, he's 21, 22, something like that. Good right shot defenseman, top four guy, young. I call up Shovel Day off, and I say, we got two first-round picks. They're both yours if you want them. Want us to throw in a second? Want uh, Next year, want us to throw in? We can't throw in our third next year. We already we already used that up on uh, on our our stud fourth line left wing, but I would call up and make like a a bold starting a uh, bold opening bid to be like we're serious about adding a guy like this because this was the point that you were getting to Pete, kind of like the Celtics. You can accumulate all these assets, that's fine, but you need to cash them in at some point, and you can't. You spent all three first round picks last year. You can't do that again. I'd be open to trading a first-round pick um, if you're getting a good player with term right now. And if you're getting a good young player, then I'd be open to spending both of those picks. But realistically, sorry, Pete, go ahead. I was just going to say, you talk about cashing in the assets, and you you have a limited window that you got to work with right now with Chara and, yeah. you know, to, to an extent, Bergeron. I still Bergeron, say that the Chara Krejci. window is I, – I think that you can – give yourself that kind of grace period of like, it's probably not going to happen with Chara, at least what he is right now, because Chara is still one of the better defensemen in the league. Are they going to win the cup within the next two years while he is what he is? Or I think that maybe by the time his cap hit drops to 4 million, which by the way, Maria asked, how can you afford to sign all these guys? When Marshan, the first year of Marshan's next deal uh, Chara's cap hit will have dropped by $2.9 million. So really that's the money you, that's that kind of offsets that to answer that question, and the cap going up uh, would account for the couple million dollars more a year that Lou will be making, the million dollars more that uh, that Krug will be making, and I mean Chris Kelly's leaving, uh, Lucic's dead money's coming off the books, so the money is there basically to to answer that question. Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I cut you off. All I'm saying is that if you you're trading Louis Erickson for picks and you're stockpiling these picks, you have to retool the team. For the future, because yeah. you're not going to win anything in the next yeah, you're, you're not handful good enough, of years. Yeah, if, if you're getting futures, what you still have on the roster is not good enough to take you anywhere. I yeah. agree. So I would use those picks to get that young. If there is a, if there is a quote unquote a Dougie Hamilton like situation out there, the Flames were the team that pounced last year. They traded a first and two seconds, which we all thought, everyone at the draft thought, was laughably low. Um, if there is a player like that out there, then you give up two firsts and whatever else. I mean, I'm sure if you call the Jets and say, all right, we want Truba, we'll give you two first-round picks. I'm sure Shovel Dayoff says, 
sweet, that that's cool. We'll also take David Pasternak and Joe Morrow. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, okay, but we need an NHL player in return. And that's I, I think the, the Jets would insist on Ryan Spooner or uh, David Pasternak in addition to one of those picks or two of those yep. picks, or no which you don't blame you wouldn't blame them for asking for that. That's I thought that the Bruins should have been asking for the moon for Dougie Hamilton, and they didn't. I mean, we. By the way, people are wanting an explanation for uh, why Dougie Hamilton would still be here if Peter Shirelli wasn't fired. I think that uh, first of all, quite frankly. Peter wasn't particularly uh, thrifty. That's a good way of putting it. He he was of the mind that those little problems, the player having uncertainty about wanting to stay, that can be solved with more money. And Peter Shirelli, as we all know, was wont to to pay players. And also, and he also had a great relationship with JP Barry. I'm sh- I'm sure that Sweeney and and Barry get along fine. I don't know their inner workings or whatever, but. Uh, Barry and and Chirelli had a really good relationship, and a big part of that too is I think GMs have you know different opinions on certain things, and and I think this is where maybe Sweeney and Chirelli would have been different in this case because you have a 22 year old defenseman who's yeah. going to be a number one guy under control. Yeah, he's your player. Asset management. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. He Which surely an, blew with Sagan, but that I mean we can get into why that, that happened. But, exactly, that's all. But surely generally is very cognizant of, of asset management. Absolutely, and that, that's a big reason why he even if he said, "Look, well, I'm not going to sign it." Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to play here. Then surely I think would have said, "Well, you're still property of the Boston Bruins," and you would have taken him to RFA. <laughs> and when Dougie signed an offer sheet, he would have matched. Absolutely, and, and if he didn't want to play, then guess what? You sit. Yeah. And that's what would have happened. See, that my thing is, and I should have mentioned that uh, when I first answered the question, Shirelli would have matched pretty much anything because he was getting his ducks in a row to have that money to sign him. As we said, he traded Boychuk. Uh, traded Boychuk. Guessing he would have traded Lucic. Um, that would have happened. Yeah. That would have happened just from a pure business deal. But the Boychuk. Texter idiot says, you're making no sense. Shirelli got rid of Dougie Hamilton. No, he didn't. Go on, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> the texts are at a late night. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, no, the, the Boychuk deal was solely to give that money to Dougie Hamilton. All right. Last block coming up. We see you on there. Uh, Eli, Robert, Larry, Philip. Uh, who went fifth overall in 2004? All right. Sunday's cake. Last <laughs> segment next. Well, boys, we were comprehensive. Maddie's killing it today. I know. Nice job, Maddie. Matt, al- Matt always kills it, and uh, a lot nicer than uh, than Paul, who was in for Matt last week. Paul was playing the Fred DJ such a loser cut or drop because we kept asking him a little him more to. than he needed. Big fan of Paul. Because I kept asking him, <laughs> Paul, play it. Paul, and he had it ready to good go. Good guy. Good guy. That Paul knows what he's doing. Um. The Twitter sphere and the texters are—they've uh, taken to the the Hamilton would be here if Shirelli was here narrative. I just think that's the case. I think that Shirelli would have matched, and that's all there was to it. And I don't think that any team was going to give Hamilton such a crazy, ridiculous deal because you only sign players 
as restricted free agents if you think the other team isn't going to match. Because if you sign them to a deal that the other team can match that's like kind of high but not crazy, crazy high, then all you do is create cap inflation. So, or cap hit inflation, I should say. So now when your own player comes up because you just made this other player's cap hit way higher than it needed to be, now you have to pay your own player much. So there's not much incentive for teams to sign players as restricted free agents unless it's to an astronomical number that they know the other team isn't going to match. That's why you don't see teams signing uh, players as restricted free agents much. Shea Weber is an example, but Shea Weber was bound to get some sort of crazy bonkers contract anyway. And what ended up happening? The Predators ended up matching anyway. So if Hamilton had gotten to RFA and if he wasn't going to sign with the Bruins, then they would have just matched that contract and he would have still been here and that would have been that. But uh, A lot of people complaining, you know, he's gone, get over it. Well, we're talking about it because him leaving... Has right, because, left the defense right, n- and not a great position. And That was my original point. Yeah. Was if he's here, look at the way that defense is currently constituted. And because right now, realistically, I don't want to be Don Sweeney, Cam Neely. Because you have two, maybe two train of thoughts here. Yeah. Is that, okay, oh, damn, we are where we are. Like, why can't we like, be really bad right now? Or this makes this yeah. decision a lot easier. But it's like. Oh, like you look, you watch last night's game against the Stars, and you're like, "Wow, you know, maybe we can make some noise in in the playoffs, but we need Louis to do it." Yes. So, all right. So, what do we do? And if we make the playoffs and we go on a decent run, then we can tell our owner, you know, "Hey, Mister Jacobs, we said that it was going to take a while, but look, the decisions that you made—excuse <clears throat> me—the decisions that you made during the off season that Cam asked you to make, we're right on because look what we did." You know, so it's a it's a tough situation right now. But if Dougie is here and the defense is a lot better than what it is right now, then it makes those decisions a lot easier. So I mean, I think that's why it's important to to bring up the Dougie situation. Yeah. So if, that's why. If you can, do you do what I mentioned earlier, which is find a young defenseman who isn't in his prime right now, isn't going to impact a potential quote-unquote, run. I've, I've had to use air quotes every time I've said something positive about the Bruins today. But if uh, a young Not a good defen- practice for the radio, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep doing it, and then after I say I just used air quotes, I'll get there. Um, would you rather go get a young guy who you're going to have to pay money to eventually who's not going to impact a run through the Eastern Conference playoffs as much right now as an older, um, lower-ceiling guy would? For a ton of draft picks, because that's what I would do. That's that's my move if I'm the Bruins. Well, before the last break, we would you had asked me, all right, who's that player to go out and get if you were going to make a hockey trade for Louis Erickson? Yeah. And the example was if you were going to give Louis that type of contract that you had talked about, yeah. big money short term, then who's that guy? So just quickly, kind of you know, Pete and I during the break just kind of looked at it real quick, and you know, the St. Louis Blues in my mind came came up, and you look at a guy like Shattenkirk. Okay, if you're going to make a hockey trade, like a kind of a blockbuster Gotta trade. Got to give him a ton, though. But he's on the con. So right now, his so Shattenkirk, I'm not saying the Blues would do this. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the type of player with that type of contract. Right. So you have his cap hit right now is 4.25. He's on the contract at, until after next season. Then he becomes a UFA. 
So that's the type of player that I think that you're talking about. If you're going to go out and you're going to trade Louis Erickson and you need a defenseman to to get some something comparable for what Louis brings offensively, then there's the type of player that you go and get. Guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, who you have under contract, that type of money that you can afford, that if you give up a player like Louis Erickson, then you can live Would with. you give up the, the first-round pick and a prospect to, to make? I know that you said the Blues aren't going to do Louis Erickson right. for Kevin Shattenkirk. Would you throw in the first-round pick, the prospects, to make that happen? I would. I would. I, I think that... For, for, yeah, for that, yeah. I would. But that would never happen. I'm Even just, though you get so much worse without Louis Erickson offensively. If I, you're going to move on yeah. him, if you're not going if you're not going to sign him, that's the type of hockey move that you need to make. Yep. Option A for me is signing Erickson. Option B for me is trying to cash in all of these assets for something that can help you long term. This has been a wonderful episode, guys. We continue to get even better. Chris Villani is up next. WEI, thanks to uh, all of our callers and Bradfo as well. Bradfo is, is he's in Florida. No way, he's up. Right. Oh yeah, he's, actually he's been up at the ballpark. He's had for like, like forty-five Red Bulls, dude. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, for Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, Matt Loper, I'm DJ Bean. We'll talk to you guys next week. Van. Yep. Really? Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Petrico. Why? Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 have.